Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver and I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia coming to you with your next mental health moment and today we will be discussing inside the glass. So by this time you have figured out what COVID-19 has allowed you to learn about yourself as well as other people. But specifically, you may be trying to figure out who am I really when all of the things around me are stripped away and there's just me there. I don't have the escape mechanisms I use. I'm not able to engage in those relationships maybe in the same way or not be involved in those organizations in the same way, not work in the same way that I did before. Who am I? And I want to give credit to Bishop Julian Lott and Reverend Dr. Curtis West Jr. for giving me the idea to come up with this particular topic for today. So if people were able to see us in glass houses, right? So this is what reality shows essentially have done. They've allowed us to see into people's homes, to see into people's lives. What if there was glass around my home and people actually got to see what my habits were? If they got a chance to see what my fears are, if they got a chance to see what happens when I take off this mask that I show people every day. What would happen if I didn't have curtains to hide behind? What would happen if how I behaved in front of other people and how I actually behave with the people that are at home with me was brought to light? What would people know about how I truly am as a person? What would I understand about who I am truly as a person? So this is the question of the day, who am I? So how do we get to that? How do we develop into the people that we become? Identity development encompasses a lot of different things, but oftentimes what goes into us developing our identities is a process that we go through throughout our lives. What happened to me in my childhood? Did I grow up in a home where I was reinforced for doing things? Did I grow up in a home where I was taught to be seen and not heard? Did I grow up in a home in which I wasn't allowed to express my emotions or express my opinions? Did I grow up in a home where I saw a lot of conflict? Was someone in my home very critical of me? Was someone in that house not allowing children to be able to go out, maybe because of a lack of resources? Maybe we just didn't have the things that we needed in order for all the kids to be able to engage in activities, to be able to pursue the things that they were interested in. What were my early relationships like when I got to be an adult? What Patterns that I recognized that people around me were engaging in. What were some of the experiences that I had with success and failure? These are all things that shape who we are. At the core of us, shaping and reinforcement is what allows us to continue behaviors. Reinforcement simply is, what do I do to increase the likelihood that this behavior will occur again? For some of us, that reinforcement might have been praise growing up. Hey, good job, right? You did awesome on that. So I would want to do it again. Maybe it was money. Some of you received money for getting good grades in school. So I want to do well in school because I know I'm going to get some money for all the A's I bring home or all the B's I bring home. For some people, you got money for C's. You might not have gotten as much as A's, right? But you were able still to get some cash. So it was worth trying to keep those grades up, right? Shaping is also a form of reinforcement in which we successively reinforce with small steps. So we often use this when we're training animals. You've seen the dog shows, for example, and you'll see dogs, they'll run this obstacle course, they'll go up and down steps, they'll jump through hoops. Well, if you've ever had a dog, 
you know that they don't come to you knowing how to do those things. Those are things that you have to train them to do. And what shaping is, is the closer you get to this behavior, I will reinforce you. So for example, if I'm trying to teach you how to jump through a hoop, you're not gonna do that first, but maybe you come toward the hoop, then you get a treat. Then maybe I have the hoop on the ground and you walk through it, you get a treat. Then I raise it up and have the treat over and eventually you get to the point where you're jumping through the hoop, right? That's what shaping is. Um, predators also shape. They shape us into getting more comfortable with them, feeling safe with them so they can have access to us or access to our children, um, get us more comfortable with spending time with them or allowing them to touch us or allowing them to do sexually inappropriate things to us, right? This is the shaping behavior. Um, some of you even saw it in the movie about R. Kelly, uh, that Surviving R. Kelly documentary talked about shaping behaviors, how I didn't even realize I was starting to do these behaviors, but when things are reinforced, like if I obey, if I follow the rules, then I get access to things. If I don't obey, I don't follow the rules, then you take things away from me, then you're shaping me to do this behavior that you want me to engage in. So what are some of the um, ways that we shape ourselves? So the question is, okay, I know that other people have reinforced my behavior, have shaped my behavior, but what have I done to shape my own behavior? So what are the thoughts that shape me? Bishop Julian Lott said, whatever we believe, that's how we behave. So these are some of the ways that we begin to shape ourselves with our thoughts, right? So what am I thinking about? If I think that I'm not worth anything, if I think that I can't quit smoking, if I think I can't quit drinking, if I think I can't lose that weight, right? That shapes my behavior. What am I ashamed of? If I'm fearful that I'm going to be embarrassed, I won't go out and do anything that's going to put me in a space of embarrassment. So maybe I won't try things that I possibly might want to do because I'm afraid. I don't want to be, I don't want to make the mistake. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, what are some of the things that have embarrassed me over time to the point where I've stopped doing them? So possibly maybe I used to wear my hair a certain way or wear certain clothes or attempt to read. Uh, and oftentimes we will shut our young readers down because of the way they pronounce certain words when they're reading as they're trying to figure out their phonetics and um, understand how words fit together in sentences. They may mispronounce things or they may stumble a little bit and then we laugh, right? We, we shape them to the point where they're, they're embarrassed and they no longer want to read in front of us again. What is being reinforced in my life? Um, hey, is it what you have? Is it what you look like? Is what, is what you're able to do for me? Are those the things that I'm reinforcing about you? So that only shapes in your identity that you have to have something for people to like you, care about you, love you. Um, and you don't see yourself as having any worth outside of that. Have I been shaped in a way that I think very highly of myself where people told me that I could do whatever I wanted to, told me that um, I'm supposed to be in charge, told me that uh, I have the potential to do all things that I want in my life. And so I'm more confident, I'm more successful. The shaping doesn't have to be bad things. It can be positive things as well. Um, perhaps I had people in my family that shaped me to understand how businesses work. They started me off by having my first bank account when I was a little kid and I got a chance to take money to the bank and see it grow. Um, and then they talked to me about, Hey, if you buy something with that money that also can make you money, then your money continues to grow. And so this shaped me to be a business person. So shaping can come in a lot of different ways for us and how we shape ourselves. Um, do I shape myself by when I buy nice clothes, people give me compliments about those clothes so I continue to buy clothes or shoes, right? So some of those things that we can end up getting involved in. Um, but how do we want to 
you shaping to create these optimal opportunities for ourselves in our lives? How do we want to be able to move past these limitations that our thoughts may be putting on us? Like, I don't want to be limited to the, limited to the fact that I, in a family of 10, was the cook of the family. And so I only feel like I'll ever be able to cook or that I've been a parent and now my kids are grown, but all I have in my identity is that of being a parent and I never nurtured any other aspects of me. We don't want to limit ourselves into just thinking that we can only accomplish one thing, one aspect of ourselves. So that's important in terms of a strategy for optimizing our own shaping behaviors. When we are doing reinforcement, we want to make sure that we're reinforcing characteristics uh, as opposed to a single behavior. So if I say to you, hey, you did a great job with that Easter speech when you're little, you may be more likely to do another Easter speech. But will that necessarily translate over into you utilizing other skills that you may have that are um, oratorical or, or written for that matter? No. But if I say to you, hey, you know what? You would do a great job moving people, getting people excited, um, using your words to empower others. Then I may say, oh, hey. I can use words in a variety of different ways uh, as opposed to just saying that I can only say an Easter speech. So this is one of the strategies that we can use with kids, but also with ourselves. This is the positive characteristics that we're affirming. Being able to say to ourselves, hey, you have a range of talents in these areas, this skill set that can be transferable over to other areas. It doesn't have to be limited to a specific thing. That goes to us speaking positively about ourselves. If there are things that you want to change in your life, if you don't believe it's possible for you to change them, um, as Bishop Julian Lott said earlier this week, then you won't, right? So if I say to myself, like, hmm, I'm not really going to be able to lose that weight. Um, I'm not really going to be able to get that promotion. Am I going to put the strategies in place to do it? No, I'm not going to come up with a plan that's going to work because in my mind, I never perceived it to be possible. So again, we have to visualize those things that we want to be true and perceive them to be true. It doesn't matter if you perceive them to be true 100%. You just need to have to believe that they are possible. If you believe that they are possible, then you'll create a strategy that will be more effective to you reaching that goal. Oftentimes what interferes with us being able to make changes successfully in our life is our strategies are not good. It's not that we're not capable of doing this thing. It is that the plan that I put in place does not have the right elements it needs in order to be successful, right? So if I want to own my own business, for example, um, and, and A, I don't believe that I can own a business that I'm going to fail. Guess what? The likelihood is I'm going to fail. Uh, but if I want to own a business and I want my strategy to be effective, then what do I need to do? One, I need to research businesses. So I need to be looking at books, podcasts, listening to podcasts. I need to looking at videos. I need to be following people on um, social media. I need to be talking to other business owners. I may need to take a class. Uh, I need to have a business plan. I need to go down and sit and talk to an accountant. So all of these things are more likely to allow me to have a positive outcome with that because I put in the work because I actually believe that it was possible, right? Now, don't get me wrong. So we don't want to ever have blind allegiance to believing anything, anything someone says to us or, or anything that we read. We want to do our research. I need to understand the pitfalls too. What are the things that could be barriers? What are the things that could interfere with me being successful in this endeavor? So it has to be a both and thing. I need to believe it's possible and I need to be realistic about what the risk may be so that I can have a plan to address those risks. Okay. Um, so there has to be 
an opportunity for us where we really recognize that it is more than just speaking it into existence. It is doing the work, planting the seeds, right? Um, faith without works is dead. So I, I, if I'm not, if I'm just saying, I believe that this to be possible, I believe that God can make this happen in my life, but I'm not actually doing any of the work, then I'm still going to fail, right? So active coping, um, active religious coping in particular in that case. Um, healthy thoughts and healthy behaviors go together, right? So if not only do I need to have healthy thoughts, but I need to be investing in my body in healthy ways. So if I believe that I am worth it, if I believe that I am um, capable and strong and determined and all these positive characteristics, but I am treating my body like garbage, then guess what? I'm still gonna have problems. So it is so important what we put in our bodies, not only in terms of what we read, but also in terms of what we see. And it's also important who we're around. If you've got a lot of negative energy around you, a lot of negative people around you, then you're still going to end up having some problems because these negative thoughts that other people have now are going to become part of your identity. You're going to internalize these things. You're going to doubt yourself because the people around you are very doubting. If you are watching things where people fail, we have a um, serious issue with watching people struggle with things. Like it's almost um, obsessive how we like to see people fail um, and be awful at relationships and be awful at businesses, which is fine to have, again, that balance where I see what you didn't do right. But then what am I actually taking from that? And would it be more constructive to me be for me to be looking at the success stories that go along with that and not just the failures? Um and again, what am I eating, right? So what am I what am I consuming every day? If I am saying, hey, I want to be able to get up early, I want to be able to be on time, I want to have all the energy that I need, and then I'm just eating processed fast food all day. That makes me sluggish, that upsets my stomach, that makes me oversleep, that gives me headaches, right? Am I really investing in this future that I really want to have? No, I'm not. Because what I'm saying to me is, no, you're not worth it because you're not taking care of you. So that's the important part, too. Um, and I know people have varying degrees of what you eat. I'm not saying you have to be vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian or any of these things. What I'm saying to you is all of us knows what is healthy for us to eat. Now, we may or may not eat it, <laughs> but we know what's healthier for us to eat. Like, I know that if caffeine gives me headaches and I want to be productive, then why am I going to drink something with caffeine in it, right? And that gets into, am I harming myself? And this goes back to the original piece of who am I? And at the core of myself, what is my identity? Do I not believe I'm worth it? Do I believe that I deserve pain? Do I believe that I need to suffer in order for me to exist in this world? And if I do, then I'm going to do destructive things. I'm going to be around destructive people and I'm have destructive outcomes. So it's really important that for us, everything is in alignment. My thoughts are positive. My thoughts are clear. My plan is specific. It's reachable and attainable. It's realistic. I've looked at the possible things that could go wrong. I put some strategies in to address them. And then I'm going to put things into my body that are going to allow me to be successful, right? We need to have clear lower limits and upper limits. The reality is some people can manage with four or five hours of sleep. Other people need eight to 10. You need to know yourself. Who are you? Again, if somebody is looking in the glass at me and they're seeing my habits, are my habits consistent with where it is that I say I want to go? 
And the reality for some of us is no. If you actually got to see what I was doing at home, you might say it's actually working against what I'm trying to do, who I say that I am. And I'm not walking in what I say is my truth. So let them be consistent. Allow myself to invest not only in my thoughts, because again, my thoughts are going to dictate my behavior, but that my behavior is also representative of my thoughts. So positive thoughts, positive behaviors, positive behaviors, positive thoughts, okay? So at the end of this COVID-19 experience, you should be very clear about who you are. You should be very clear about who you are. And you should have the things in place that are supporting where you want to go. What is the identity I wanna have? When I ask myself, who am I? I need to be able to say, I am this person that is doing these things. And here's the evidence to support it. And here's how I'm taking care of myself to make sure that I can continue to do those things. All right, be encouraged, be great, be amazing, be consistent, be productive, think positively. Take care.